hello, hello, and welcome to an, another episode of the Full Quota Podcast. I think we're now at like 22, uh, Tim, if I'm not correct, or 23. Uh, I'll just have to check our numbers. But um, we were back with another interesting interview with you guys. For you guys, um, we, we spoke with Denisha Devner, and now we're going to speak with someone else in the women's setup, um, slightly higher up, just to uh, get you guys ready and, and going with regards to that. But Tim, just quickly, how are you doing today, my man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And uh, as you say, I think it's a it's a good idea that, that we are moving within the women's protest side uh, circles with the World Cup just around the corner. Um, so we had a good interview with Denisha Deverine. Um, this one, as, as you say, it's uh, slightly higher up, slightly um, uh, <laughs> more intense, but should be good. Yeah, I'm excited for this. Uh, uh, very much um, a, a fan of this man's work and what he's done with with the women's team. But um, without further ado, I think we let's bring on uh, Coach Hilton Moreng to come through onto the show, onto the Full Quota podcast, um, to discuss um, the women's team and and to talk about um, the plans going to the World Cup. Um, Coach Hilton, thank you very much for joining us. Um, and 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 sparing some time to chat with us uh, today. Good morning, I'm Pontem, and uh, thanks for having me. And uh, looking forward to. No, coach. Yeah, thank you, thank you very much, um, coach. It's been a very great year for for your team, and I think yes. you've been there for for eight for eight years. Have you ever had a year like this where you are unbeaten um, from a serious perspective throughout? It you've been there since 2012. Mm. Is this uh is this one of those years where you're like, Lord, thank you very much, but maybe carry it over into 2022 a little bit? It will be ideal to carry it over. <laughs> I think yeah, it's been our best uh, year and a half that we had thus far. I think I think the basis of that is the build up that we had. I mean, we have very good core players now. I think it's a team that has been coming along for a very long time. Most of these players now have been together for the last what eight to twelve years, playing together. They now what we call or what we regard in the country as senior players, more mature, the good core players. And the fact that they've been playing around these leagues also added to their experience. So you can see how they go about their business. Even youngsters coming in, it makes it very easy for us to make sure that they can blend in and learn quicker because they've got experience on the park. Because the best way to learn as a youngster is on the park than actually sitting on the side. So that's far for us been the best year. And uh, as like you say, we're working hard to make sure it keeps continuing. In, and then hopefully goes well into the World Cup. Oh, that's 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 true, and we hope so too. <laughs> no, for um, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Could could agree more. Um, you're doing a great job at the moment. Um, just to sort of, I guess, fast forward uh, and a little bit, just until uh, this last series against the Caribbean. Uh, mm. What were your goals as a as a unit going forward with, with this unit? particularly with the World Cup just around the corner. Um, yeah, so w what were the goals and, and plans that you had for, for this particular series? For, for us, the, the most important thing is, is we we got a competitive series. And the most challenging one was, was away from home and tough conditions. And the last time we were there, it was not a very good one. I think we struggled a bit. And I think we threw all series against them, although we've been in the lead and they came back and they threw. 
So at the, at, for us, the initial thing, the initial goal, we were just happy first to have the, the full squad again since the World Cup because we've been hindered by injuries, challenges. As you could see, we had captains, different captains in different tours. And it was the first time now since the World Cup where our captain back. And then having the full squad again was helping because we're going, we're not so far away from five months away from the World Cup. So the initial goal for us is to make sure now as a squad, we can touch base with everyone that's back. Back from injury rehab and like everyone is fit now. Now we can see how we go in these conditions. And uh, at the back of it, we knew that we haven't won a series. You know, West Indies is a team that plays well on those very challenging conditions, extreme heat, very slow wickets. So he needed us to adapt. So hence, we felt that with the experience that we have in the squad, it was the best time now to make sure that we can turn that around and put one up against them. So for us, the goal was to make sure we win and make sure each and everyone in the squad in an ideal situation, we get everyone, we give them a go and see how they go. Because, you know, in the World Cup, you're only as strong as what your your uh, the, your squad is. I mean, the first 11 is the least of your worries. In And in, when you go into a World Cup, is the, the players that are sitting on the bench that you know they can come in at any day and make an impact. And the only way you could know is by them getting opportunities in the build-up, not only playing on... 12, 13 players and focusing on them. And you have a challenge in the World Cup, then you're struggling. So it was good for us. I mean, we had the idea, the first three games, the way it went in the ODI, we were able to rotate the squad and it allows us, allowed us to see who, who can do what and what the other players can do in the, in the squad. So overall, it was very good for us. And I think we achieved our goal that we set ourselves, firstly. We touched base with everyone, revisited where we want to go as a team regarding the World Cup, knowing that it's five months away and then making sure that we win a series in the West Indies. That's, yeah, that's, um, you're one of the coaches in the country who um, are leading a team that's actually winning and, and has a winning culture. How do you foster that culture, speaking even with the, um, even with the um, players that you're speaking about who are mm. on the bench in the so from 11 to from 12 to 15? How do you get them to be... Um, ready all the time because if you look at Tasman Birds, Anna Kabosh, mm -hmm. Laura Goodall, mm -hmm. uh, Dumisi Kukune, um, and and the list goes on with the players who mm -hmm. were on the bench in Alojafta. Whenever they came on, they were ready. And it's it's hard mm -hmm. as a sportsman to you know be to be on and off. How did you manage to foster that um, culture mm -hmm. of, of always be ready? You know, the, the is a is a most difficult thing because you know. Where the level we, we operate is, it's a it's a level where you have to win. <laughs> Everybody expects you to win, especially when you go in the park. And something like that is neglected often is development of players, because youngsters have to come in somewhere. They have to they will make mistakes. Sometimes it's going to be mistakes that's costly that nobody's going to like. But uh, there's always a bigger picture. I think post the 2017 World Cup and we came close in the semi-final. Through the selections, I mean, we sat down and looked at how we're going to uh, go to the next 50 over World Cup. And then we identified a squad of 24 players that we kept working on. I think the good thing for us thus far, when we had camps, it, it allowed us to work with the youngsters because most of the senior players, uh, they would be away on on T20 leagues going on abroad. So it gives us the attention to detail to the youngsters. Those that we know, they, they were fringe players then and how they can establish themselves in the, in the squad. So. You keep working with them, you set with them, and you set performance plans for them, and you monitor it through the relationship that we have with the coaches at the provinces that looked after the players on a daily basis to make sure that whatever they work on, 
it's not contradicting to what we want to achieve for these players. So communication is constant around the country between us as, as, a, as coaches and the coaches in, in the provinces to make sure that that information is, is, uh, is flowing and players know exactly where they stand in the system. And through that, we, and we had often camps and when players come in and nine out of ten times we had as an opportunity. I think this year when everybody went to the IPL and, uh, and some play at, uh, at 100 now, we had uh, an opportunity to bring in more youngsters to see how they can go and where how the progress is going. So the inclusion of the Nisha in the system now helped us because now you can communicate as somebody that can be hands-on there, who understands what what uh, what is it that you're working towards, who's been in the system. So communication and the work through her, through us uh, department makes it very easier for us now because you can actually speak to somebody who can actually look after these players. So through camps and where there's an opportunity, we always try to get add in one or two youngsters to make sure there's continuity and understand that when the opportunity comes, how far are you from the team? If it happens that you get there, what is expected? How do you go about it? So, like I said, your first your first 12, 13 players, as players that is established, they understand, they've been there, they've done it for a while. And it's, it's like you play player 14 to 20, 24, is the ones that we actually have been hampering on, going around the country, visiting the provinces, making sure that uh, there's continuous work being done. That is the only opportunity to know. So, but that's why when you see them, when they get an opportunity, it's like they've been there because they've been practicing with these girls. They've been working around the club. They've just been sitting and waiting for the opportunity, which is always a difficult part, like I said, because, I mean, all players want to play. Unfortunately, you can only play 11 at a time. So those not playing, you need to make sure they stay sharp. And for them to make to stay sharp is to keep them motivated and they understand the bigger picture where we're going. That's right. Yeah. Uh I hear lots of uh, words like pipeline and communication. Mm -hmm. uh, very, very important um, with, with the two there, with, with having a, a bigger pool of players. Having a bigger pool of players is clearly making a difference to, to, the, to the team as a whole. Um, so do you think you are better uh, equipped now to go to this World Cup than you were to that last one? Do you, do you think overall you are better equipped as a unit, having experiences that you had, uh, having lost the semi-final, bigger, bigger pool of players? Do you think overall that you you are better equipped now to take on the next World Cup? I think the difference now for us being better equipped or more prepared is we have more experience. As a, like I said, most of these players have been through our uh, three, four semi-finals now together. In both formats, they understand how it feels to lose in the semi-final, and they they getting to that age now where everybody wants to play now and win this World Cup. You know, and they want to give this World Cup the best that they can because they understand that where they are as, as they're not as young as they used to be. So preparation and the focus is very different in the camp now when it used to then, and it allows us, like I, once again I said, to be able to spend more time with your youngsters because your seniors understand what they need to do. I mean, you see how they go about it from a bowling unit, how they bet, and it that wraps off to our fielding. So that's why as a unit now, we're starting to become an, an, a very formidable uh, unit. Players are, are playing extremely, extremely good cricket, understanding the game much better. So are we better prepared? I think mentally, yes, we are. And uh, where we're going as a team, yes, extremely. I think uh, ideally we would still like to have another it would have been ideal to have another tour before the end of the year to make sure that now we can see where everyone is at before we go to the this, uh, 
Christmas break, knowing that in January we can kick off now with the West Indies tour into the World Cup. It would be ideally, but we can only manage what we can. And I know operation team understands that, that they're working around the clock to see, because I think at the same time, around November, December is a qualifier, so most of the teams are involved there. So getting contact is not always as easy as we would like to, but we can only control what we can. So through That's camps, true. we'll make sure. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Mm. We've got some of the qualifiers happening in Zimbabwe and you've got mm -hmm. Pakistan, West Indies all down here, Bangladesh all down here um, playing. And so it's a little bit tough for them um, to, to kind of uh, organize. But um, coach, looking at that World Cup and obviously you've, you've, you've gone, you've mentioned the semifinals that you've come through. I think if we look at women's cricket in the world, you've got the two big teams, Australia and, 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 and England. And, and, and it's always either one of those two when you that you're going to meet in, in a semi-final. And then obviously there's that group, New Zealand, India, South Africa and West Indies that are pretty much at a similar level. But I'd say South Africa is slightly higher, maybe in a level of, of their own right now after this incredible year you've had. How do you break through that ceiling in a semi-final? How do you from like how do you beat uh, those teams in a semi-final? Uh, do you have you identified the weaknesses or do you think because we have a golden generation where I think we've got three top 10 um, ODI bowlers. Mm. We've got two top 10 ODI batters that now it's a little bit easier, uh, but maybe it's just maybe tweaking tactics here and there. But that's always been a thing in my head is how do, how do we beat them? How do we break through that ceiling? I, I think World, World Cup's preparation is, very, is key. I think for us, it's just to make sure that we're injury -free, we have an injury-free squad going into the World Cup. And uh, the good thing is, as like you mentioned, the two teams, you, countries you spoke about, the two teams, Australia, England, is the teams that always had the resources. I mean, they've been leading the pack, and the rest of the world has been actually following that and trying to catch up with them. I think with all that we have achieved with the resources that we have in the country compared to what they have, the team... You, one can only be proud of what uh, this team has, has achieved because the resources we have is nothing compared to what they have. And uh, through that, the girls have shown that the talent is here in the country. It just needs to be nurtured. And through nurturing and looking after it, making sure that each and everyone work extremely hard around with their skills and not forgetting that the opportunities they get around the, uh, around the world. We went from one or two players playing in these leagues. Now we're sitting at 10, 11 players at a time. So it shows the growth of the team. So going into a World Cup, I think at the end of the day, uh, what is good about the 50 of a World Cup is uh, eight teams and you play in a round robin and the top four goes through. So the World Cup is in your, it's, it's how you play, how you, on the, how you prepare on the day. It's, it's, you're not, you're not going to rely on anyone to do your favor. I mean, you have seven games to play to get yourself in a semifinal. You need to focus on the seven games and how you go about it. Luckily now for us, uh, uh, we've played a lot of cricket. We play a lot around, uh, against these countries. Is when it gets to the opportunity when we're in the semi-final again. I think once we get ourselves there, we've been there now. I think uh, everyone in the camp understands now. Is now it's an opportunity for us to see if we can push to the next level and get ourselves in the final. Because once you're in the knockout stages, anything can happen. But uh, what what we had to do is to make sure that we have enough players now that can come in on the day when it's required and do a job. So we have now a squad of 18 players that of 18 to 20 now that we. We feel that we take that to the World Cup now, anyone on the day, irrespective of what happens, that we are prepared as a team. We're not going to be found wanting. All our bases are covered. Preparation has been very good. I think we're now going to focus on a couple of camps going into the end of the year and then pulling into that uh, home tour against the West Indies before the World Cup. So 
I mean, to the same final at the end of the day, you need one one player. I mean, we have a lot of match winners in the, in the squad. We're just now working towards to make sure that they understand at the end of the day how to go about it, which we can see. Most of them are now starting to get the platform and they're starting to show in the world that they can do. So on the days, the one that's more focused and concentrate a lot on their basics and then we can, we'll see what can happen on the same final. And hopefully we can get ourselves in the final next year. Uh, yeah, certainly agree. I, I, I'm sure you've watched a little bit of, of New Zealand women against the yeah. England women. Yes. Um, New Zealand had them in trouble at times. They didn't mm. quite have, have them enough like that. They certainly gave England a bit of a fight from time to time. Mm. Um, but you're talking about the leagues there. How, is important, how important is it to have our ladies go and play in the Big Bash, in the 100, to get that experience of high-intensity cricket um, you know, week in, week out, and on a consistent basis? Uh, how has that helped them and then their experiences wrap on to the younger players? No, it's a, it's, a, it's a great opportunity and initiative for young cricketers coming through in the country. I mean, if you have your system and you have those kind of competitions going around, it can, it can only benefit you as a, as a country because youngsters come and they play against these big names around the world. They're in their teams, they're in the change rooms, and, you know, you learn quickly, you see things differently, you learn about different cultures, styles of play. So I think uh, that's what we as a country are working towards to get ours going, uh, getting off, off the ground so we can have those kind of leagues also in the country because otherwise if it's not going to happen in the next two to three years, we're going to fall behind because we have the talent in the country. That I can assure you. There's enough cricketers coming through. They just need that pipeline where they are looked after and they can have opportunities where they can share experiences with those kind of uh, uh, big names that we talk about that go around in the world. So if you have that league for a country, it can only it can only mean uh, well for you as a country. Look at what the IPL has done for Indian cricket. I mean, those youngsters that came through now, when Virat Kohli them started where they are now, I mean, that's the only way you can learn. Because when you're sitting in a change room with so much experience as a youngster, then there's no better place to, to be. I mean, youngsters will wake up and want to be in the change room to learn. Because at the end of the day, um, although... We, we believe that players need to be on the path to be able to make mistakes and learn. But sitting in an experience change room, it gives you a lot of insight of how people think and what how they go about it and how they prepare to make them sure that they are ready to be able to compete consistently at that level. So yes, it, it's, it's, uh, it's one that we're looking to have in a country. Everyone is working around the clock that hopefully one day it can, it can take off. We have the WSL that has started now. So through that, we'll make sure that we can build and we can build and become a formidable uh, T20 league where everyone can we can start having all these overseas players coming over. I know that's that's very true. I was at that WSL last year um, mm -hmm. in Cape Town, and that was some really good cricket there. Mm -hmm. um, question about that um, from a selection perspective. I know you're part of the selection mm -hmm. um, committee. What are you looking for in young players to say that no, that one is the next? pro tier or someone I can work with from a tournament like that is only a couple of days um mm. like what 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 makes them stand out because that was the that was like one of the questions that I had obviously you can see some people stand out performances and some of them already in the purchase fray but there were others mm. you were like hmm maybe but what 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 what's like what's the ice consensus around the the panel mm. when looking at talent in a pool like that 
You see, if if somebody's talented, um, Paul, you you will see it. I mean, nobody has to tell you. I think for us, is we go out there and we, we watch how the game is played. There's players that show a lot of potential. I think at end initially, because our system is not as established as we would like to be, like where you go to the main. I mean, the talent will shine. Guys will come with performances. Yes, performance is a is the first that you look at. But at the end of the day, there's players that has got a lot of skill. That's got they show a lot of potential. And you see that if they, they channel their energies channeled in the right uh, direction and they're given the right attention, they can become very, very good cricketers, if not one of uh, some of the best cricketers the world has seen. So you look at the at all aspects. I mean, the performance that is there, the skill that is with the potential. And then from there, you can look at which players are where and, and also look at our, where we are, where we have gaps in the system and look at a certain skill set that is being displayed by different players without players even knowing that we're looking at it. And you take it from there and then you can start looking at how you can get some of the players under 19 emerging into academies and hopefully become proteas one day. So you look at it holistically. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot mm. of sense. Um, I guess to, just to go back onto, onto, onto the actual purchase squad, um, talk about the influence of John F. Newkirk and Marazan Cup. They seem to have a real influence um, and, and, and play as a sort of leader role within the side. Mm. Not just the fact that Marazan is the captain, but um, just on and off the field. They seem to have a real influence on the team as a whole. No, I mean, I, I don't have to say much regarding the two, because if you watch the 100 now that's passed, it explains to you the, the the quality of the two players. I mean, there was, I mean, most of the time, uh, Marizan and Ishmael were injured. I mean, Dane mm. had to play out of a sock to make sure that they, they give us they give the team a, a chance. And the influence that she had on the rest of the squad and to make sure that the players and to get the best out of each and every player, it shows what quality leader she is. She reads the game very well. She understands the game, and the both of them are now, as I say, like I said, there's a couple of them. If you add in that list, you put throw in a ship named Ishmael Chetty, um, Mignon Dupria. Those players have been playing cricket for a long time now. They understand each other. I mean, that's what I'm saying. A support group also at, at the project level is so good because it's players that don't need to be reminded what to do. They know exactly what needs to happen. It makes it, it makes our captaincy much easier. I mean, they can come in and focus on their cricket and, and, and work and make sure that their performances are up to there because each and everyone around them understands what they need to do. So the two of them, yes, it's uh, like I said, we're blessed with a very, very a good crop of talented cricketers that the country has seen now. And it, I think for them, if all goes well, I think to get themselves in the World Cup final, it will be, it will be great to see because they got the talent, they have everything that uh, actually asked from a coaching uh, point of view would love to have in a team. I think it's complemented very well. Look at our bowling attack. It's one of the best in the world now. Betting is starting, is is, is not clicked in the last uh, year and a half. It's showing the maturity and experience. I mean, not forgetting that Laura Wolford is only what, 21, 22 now. It's still a youngster. But uh, she, she looks like she's been on the scene for years, but she's still a youngster. She's still a one who learning her, her art as a better. But we have that kind of talent. It shows that uh, in a country where we are blessed with talent, it's just for us to make sure we, we keep uh, looking after them. So those two years, uh, they bring a lot of experience. They understand their game very well. They're very good with youngsters. Then they're willing to share the experience that they've, that they've gained over the years to make sure that the youngsters don't go 
and go in the direction that they were aware and they had to learn the hard way to come back onto the road. So you are blessed for that. I mean, it's a, it's a change in that you can only be proud of as a coach. Uh, that's 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 very true um coach i'm going to take you back to i think that india tour earlier on this year because i think that was the first time in the odi setup where i like as me as a fan of the past three years of this team i kind of felt that the odi side clicked and mm -hmm. and, and 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 i understand you spoke about the experience that everyone's gained um but from a tactical perspective it felt to me like the strategy slightly changed a little mm -hmm. bit everybody kind of now uh was was moving on with the times and it felt like this was a it felt to me like india were playing one of the top two best teams in the world the way you guys went about it what changed um in these 18 months from a tactical perspective um that made this that makes this team especially in that top six the most one of the most formidable top sixes in world cricket mindset i think it, for us it was all about the mindset everything changed when everybody sat down i think you look at how close we came over the years. I mean, the, the last T20 World Cup showed us. I think we were four runs away from a final in the World Cup. So, and it's, uh, it was circumstances beyond our control on the day. So, but it's the way everyone gave a fight and we kept pushing so close. <laughs> I don't even think Australia thought we could get so close, but the confidence that was in the change room that day, it, it's something that just, just wrapped off and it just continued. And then from that World Cup, nobody has looked back. And then everyone, remember now, even, Whoever gets an opportunity to play next knows that the next one certain number player number 12 is ready to take my place. And they're not even gonna play, they're just gonna make sure that they, they do better. So whoever's in the starting eleven, they need to make sure that, that they put the performances. And you see, even when Anaka Bosch got a chance, Jasmine Press got a chance, the performances just kept going. So they they're giving the selection panel a good headache to have. And for us, it's a it's it's a very good place to be as a as a cricketing nation. Because it, at the end of the day, that's what you want as a country to make sure that, uh, irrespective of who plays, I mean, look at Ayabonga Kaka's test these days, how she has grown as a bowler. Nkula uh, Komlava at age 20, the way she's showing that she's playing like a seasoned campaigner, but she's only a youngster who's just started now a career in the, in the last year. Shangazi also got a chance now. You see uh, Nadine de Klerk also on opportunity at the World Cup semi-final, how she played. I mean, it's, at the end of the day, we forget that these are, these are only still youngsters. I mean, we had Sunaid Lee's captain in the team to a certain one or two games. We had Laura Wolfhard. So we had Laura Wolfhard captain in one or two games. And the way they handled the, the, the responsibility and still made sure that we get the desired results on very, very tough conditions. So this team is moving in the right direction. And I think, like we say, we, it's in a better place now. And it's a team that can com start competing now for top honors. I think we can all agree the team is in the, in the right, going in the right direction. Um, that, that is certainly true. It's certainly, um, certainly been a, a very enjoyable 12 months as, as a fan. Um, to go in a, in a more, in a slightly different uh, direction, with the world that we live in now, with the world we live in now, uh, with COVID, how mm. has that been like as a team to deal with? And... Do we know what the situation is going to be in New Zealand? Because we know Australia mm. is extremely um, stringent mm. at the moment. So, yeah, just a general sense. How has that been to deal with that? The bubble. No, it's, 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 it's not a life that you, you wish for any athlete. <laughs> it's very, very confined, very difficult. I mean, the bubble life itself, it's something that, you know, you need that... Uh, 
you need to get out of that room, but you can't because you understand there's a bigger picture. I mean, other countries have been very good with that. And then I think uh, each and every player, a, a cricket, a sportsman or woman that's playing sport now these days will tell you it's something that we're still getting used to because coming from your house, going into that bubble, you're there for six to eight weeks, but in just confide to practice back to your room in a certain area you can move, you can mix with people. It's not something they used to. Because at the end of the day, the entertainers, and it's very difficult for them to do that at times because all you do is just what you see is the ground and then and, and where you stay in. So you can't even enjoy the places anymore like you used to, maybe going around, just taking time out. Your time out is confined into your room. So it has been tough. It has its challenges. I think with each and every bubble that we get, we try and see how we can improve it to make sure that we, we make the athletes as comfortable as they can be because at the end of the day, they need to get into the park and perform. Because uh, that's the world we live in. Everybody's going through that. It's just to make sure we're in the right mindset. So where psychologists are needed, they are on standby to be able to take uh, players' call to make sure that uh, they get them mentally ready to be able to compete. But other than that, it's <laughs> it's a new norm. It's something that we're living with and we continue. And it's something that we always see how we can improve. But other than, players have adapted extremely well. And they know now there's things, how things are working because you know at the end of the day, you're going to get people that's got to have bubble fatigue, mental, uh, uh, struggling mentally now to be in bubble because if you look to your back-to-back tours, it's bubble-to-bubble, so it makes it very difficult. That's true. Yeah. Um, I think even COVID, I remember last year, early last year, you were supposed to play Australia at home. Yes. Um, and, and it was at the start of the pandemic and somehow yeah. it just... It, it, it never was happened. And I was a, a week away, a week away, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think one of my final two questions. Um, you spoke about, I think you've alluded to some of the players that have come through the system. Um, Ayabonga Kaka, Nunkuleko, Mlaba, who've made their name um, in the system. But um, through your your years coaching the side, the evolution of the team, the black players in and around, the players of mm. color in and around the team, how have they developed throughout and even in, from a system-wide? And because and, we're seeing a lot more of them in and around the team. Sinalo Jafta is there now. Um, Dumisi Kukune is, is, is knocking on the door. You know, how has that, that work come about? Because I think the, the, from the women's perspective, I think they've done quite a lot of work um, regarding transformation. Mm. I must say, in the beginning, it wasn't easy because, uh, you know, it's an environment that can be very intimidating for, for any youngster coming in. I mean, you, you have the potential, you have the talent, you get into this environment and on. And then when you look around you and it's, the environment is different, now it requires a lot more from you as far as soft skills are concerned. So I think for us, at the end of the day, we sat down as a team. I mean, when back in, I think, 20. 13, 14, when we sat down as a team, we looked at the environment where we want to go as a team. I think the most important thing for us was to make sure the team is inclusive. Inclusive meaning that players can be who they are, just understanding that uh, what is it that we, we stand for as a team, where we're going as a team, what we want to achieve. Because uh, at times, you know, if you're not belonging into an, into an environment, it's very difficult to become yourself. And how do you express yourself on the cricket field? Because at the end of the day, you're going to play with whoever you you, you you practice with on your cricket field. You must be able to build those relationships, must be comfortable to speak to each and everyone, must be comfortable to understand that this is where the team is and part of this team. So 
just again making sure that each and everyone is uh, understand where they stand in the team what is the team goals where we want to go and that at the end of the day i mean you're an individual i mean you can still be who you are but uh, when we get you into a cricket field there's a job that needs to be done irrespective of where you come from because playing whoever you play against in the world they don't give a damn about your background where you come from you understand is they going to look at you and they want to take you out <laughs> So we need to make sure we strengthen that and making you understand that at the end of the day, you're representing a nation, a very proud nation. As you know, our supporters are very unforgiving. I mean, you can win 60 games. We lose one and then all of a sudden, uh, I mean, everything goes haywire. So they need to understand that kind of pressure that is going to come. It's going to happen on days when you're not doing well. So you learn and grow from that. And then we make sure that we give them the right support. Each and every player in the squad was given the right support to get them mentally ready for what is coming. And yes, we had our hiccups, we had challenges, and I mean, the building blocks were not easy. But eventually we got to a point where each and every, each and every player now starting to understand each and everyone's background, what, where they come from. Because somebody speaking Xhosa is they're comfortable speaking in their language. You understand? Not speaking English doesn't mean that yeah, you don't understand or you don't want to speak. Is that just you're comfortable speaking closer and then it's when you understand that whoever speaks Afrikaans is comfortable speaking Afrikaans. The environment allows you to do that. But when we're in a team space and we're trying to address things, and obviously you switch off to we switch to English where everybody can understand and be on the same platform. So it wasn't easy, I think. Uh, and it's still something that you keep working on because we're in such a diverse country to make sure that we keep <laughs> getting everyone on the same um, um on the same page to make sure that we continue improving the environment. Okay. Very important. Very, very important. Um, inclusivity is very important. Um, Paul, I, I've, yes. done, oh, I've, yeah. I've, okay. I've got one last question around the conditions <laughs> sure. in New Zealand. Um, I know you went to New Zealand last year, early last year. Uh, you kind of got a taste of the conditions. Uh, I know you you mentioned that, obviously, based on the way the calendar is looking, you may not get an opportunity to be able to have those, to have uh, to, to get a couple of more series. Um, mm. How are you preparing around that? Because it's been a while. Yes, mm. uh, the team's experienced. Um, is the, are there places in South Africa? Because I know mm. the places in New Zealand, you can wake up one morning and you just see grass. Um yes. So, um, is there a way that you uh, you're thinking about preparing for that, like from a camp perspective, maybe Not like cool. use botch or or something like that? No, always. I think uh, with, with every tour that you have, if you, when especially when you know where you're going, wherever you're camping, your your camping where you go where you go to, whichever province you go, is a province where identified has got facilities closer to where you're going. It's going to give you more or less the same. Mm -hmm. uh, conditions you're going to get. I think with, uh, going to New Zealand, the, the good thing is majority of the squad now has been to New Zealand. They, mm. they know if I get an opportunity to go to the World Cup, what is coming is nothing new. And we had a very, very good tour there. So uh, they, I think the confidence will also they'll take with them of, since the last time they were there now going again, what needs to happen. I think the preparation will be much easier this time regarding there because when we went there the last time, nobody has been to New Zealand. It was our first tour in New Zealand. so. To still have achieved what we did there, it was remarkable. So we're happy with that. So yeah, we identify venues in the country. Now it's it's our in season. We need to look at our. I mean, as you can see, there's a lot of uh, bubbles going around now in the country just to identify the right venue and to make sure that when we go there, that it doesn't clash with the domestic structure, so we can prepare and go and make ourselves ready for the World Cup. Okay, that's that. That's 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 a. Uh... 
a very good answer because that was my question because I was like, we haven't played in New Zealand in like a year. Will they remember um, <laughs> what it's like? But I'm assuming the memory banks are there because that was a very good tour as well. And yeah. we're really excited about that. But uh, Coach Hilton, thank you very much for um, giving us your time. I, I think for mm. myself, I'm very excited to wake up early in the morning to be able to support the ladies through this process because mm. I'm very optimistic that come that semi-final, what happened in Australia was one thing. The thing that happened, we scared them. So um, I'm hoping that we can go one better and slay the dragon. Because uh, we've already beaten England. We know them. They're, they're fine. But it's that other one. But outside of that, thank you very much. And we wish you all the best um, going forward. Because, yeah, no, um, South Africa is a country of winners. And your team yes. has been winning. So thank you very much for all yeah. the work that you've done up until this point. Yeah. Uh, thank you for and them. I appreciate the time with you guys. And I must also add that India has shown us that it can be done. Eh? Yes, yes, India yes, they have. They've shown us that it can be done. So <laughs> there's hope. There is a lot of hope. And yeah, the thing about sure. it is that I look at your side and I'm like, this is a golden generation. This is it. Could be it. And I'm sure you think so as well. So, yeah. But thank you very much again. Have a great day further. And, yeah, till we meet again, um, Hilton, thank you very much. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. Have a lovely Thanks, day. Hilton. Sure. Thank, thank you. you very much. Tim, are you as optimistic as I am? I am very optimistic about about the World Cup. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm very optimistic. Provided everybody rem remains fit. Look, he's been doing a very good job for a good, good long while now. Um, that, that's 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 easy have to we say. had a coach in South Africa in sport in South Africa that has been in the job as long as Hilton? He's been there for about nine years now. It's unbelievable that he has managed to take this team from step to step, and now you're sitting here with like a team that can rival the best in the world on their day. And I'm excited, I think he's done an incredible job. Yeah, it's a it's as you say, it's a once in a generation side. Um the average age of that squad that went to the Caribbean is twenty-seven. That's ideal. That tells you that they've all a majority of them are settled, have a lot of experience. Um it covers all bases, doesn't it? That side. It covers all bases, which is very important. Um yeah. so yeah, hugely, hugely positive. Everything, all, all positive from from the interview. Um, we'll be crossing toes and all and all the rest of it. Um, very much looking forward to the World Cup. We are we are as as ready as we we are ever going to be. But I think what he said we he would like in another series. Yes, mm. that would be that would be absolutely ideal if he could squeeze in somebody somewhere. The next couple I think, of months, they'll, I think they'll have the West Indies at the beginning of the year, late December, early Jan. So, um, yeah, so I think that's the one series, but I think maybe another one. But it might clash with, like, the Big Bash and everything else with everyone going to the Big Bash. But it would be nice for um, the, the, the the players 12 to 20 to get an opportunity yeah. in, in, a, in a series at home against some quality opposition. Um, there are teams hanging, uh, will, that will be around... Zimbabwe late November for the ICC Women's World Cup qualifiers. Um, so US, the USA, I think the Netherlands are coming down. 
um, you've got Bangladesh, you've got so there's there's an opportunity for a team to sneak a bubble in South Africa for like two weeks, play a couple of games against either SA Emerging or SA, and then slide across into Zimbabwe. So they've been look. Uh, um, this is the one play area where I'll give Graham Smith props. I think he's done an incredible job getting the women's team and the emerging team um some 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 games so i think for me yeah yeah some fixtures so yeah. I, I do hope that they can leverage off of that whole we're playing in zimbabwe let's try and get some people maybe even a, a three-team odi tournament just to get you know to get it going a little because i'm sure yeah. that some of those teams there will um will, will be short of game time so that's something yeah. that could happen but look th tim thank you very much for organizing it and thank you to csa for helping us um um, get Coach Hilton. Really awesome to have him speak. I'm excited. I don't know about you as the fan, as the viewer, as the listener. Really, really awesome to hear from the man who has probably South Africa's longest standing coach um, in South African sport. Um, I stand corrected, but throughout South African sport, I think he is the longest standing coach. So really, really great to hear from him. And I wish him all the best. And I wish the team all the best. And ladies, go out and dominate the world like you know how to do. So, yeah, I wish them all the best. Tim, thank you very much, my friend. Um, we'll be back soon talking about CSA T20 situations and uh, and this because we've got the CSA T20 tournament going around. A couple of upsets may have happened. We don't know. We'll find out when we find out. Um, but outside of that, uh, thank you very much, Tim. And remember, like, subscribe to our channel, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow us on um youtube as well subscribe to our channel we're live on all those channels and yeah thank you very much tim and from everyone here at the one at, at the full quota podcast goodbye and the sale